This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Police are out in force at the Adamson Barbecue in Etobicoke. That's the restaurant that openly flouted the law yesterday and presumably is getting set to do the same thing today. They are open for in-house dining with a considerable number of unmasked clients. Now, even though the cops were there yesterday, they allowed the lunch to go ahead and didn't shut the place down until four o'clock. They have acknowledged that that was a mistake. Here's what the mayor says. He's protesting. He made it very political yesterday. And I think people like that who choose to do that uh, should, when they're openly flouting the law, be given a hefty penalty to show that you can't just decide because of your political views, you're going to obey some laws you like and not obey other laws you don't like. So I would uh, hope that when he comes to court, he'll have his day in court and that he will be given, if he's found guilty, a substantial uh, penalty for that. But again, that's up to the courts and they'll deal with that. I just think for the moment, the message has been sent uh, properly and loud and clear, which is please respect the law. We understand small businesses are suffering. Well, Presumably, the police will definitely be preventing the place from opening or from serving lunch. Uh, They're trying to do it peacefully, even though there are some unruly supporters there. Uh, Part of the problem is that it's unclear who's in charge. The shutdown order is from public health. I believe they can lay charges, and so can police. So, What do others in the industry think of this? What kind of a message does it send? Uh, Let me give the numbers. And and what do you think of uh, our police resources having to be used this way? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's bring in James Rylett. He's the Vice President for Central Canada at Restaurants Canada. Hello, James. Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. So uh, what's your reaction to this? Well, it's very unfortunate. Uh, This is um, an issue that's become very political. Restaurants are suffering and restaurants are frustrated, but uh, this isn't the way to go about it. Uh, We're very law-abiding. Restaurants want to show that they can safely serve customers. Um, And nothing I've seen about this story has been safe. Uh, People are unmasked. People aren't restricted respecting distancing, uh, um, you know, this has become not about restaurants. This has become a story about somebody who wants to openly flaunt the, uh, the laws of the land. Well, uh, apparently this guy is a bad actor, that he doesn't have a, a business license and that he has uh, other infractions against him. And yet here he is. I mean, you know, maybe... Part of the story is that that even the regular stuff from regular times uh, hasn't been enforced. Yeah, he's been had a history of bad uh, bad acting as as well as you know, things he said as have uh, have not been representative of what the restaurant industry is. It's unfortunately uh, that 
Um, we, it, there's a chance that we're going to be painted with the same brush. Um, like I said, there is frustration in the industry, but this isn't the way to go about it. And, um, you know, it's the same as we saw in the summer, some bad actors, uh, some bars that were flaunting the rules and, and, uh, putting everybody at risk made everyone else look bad. So this is something that restaurants don't want to see and that we, uh, we're, we're, it's unfortunate that we're associated with it. What do you think should uh, should the book be thrown at him? I mean, the the police look to be very patient. Yeah, well, that's what we don't understand. If this was a bar that was serving, uh, you know, breaking the rules, they would be shut down immediately. Um, if this was um, any other restaurant that that was you know, doing something unsafe, they would be shut down immediately. Um, I think it's because of the political nature of its message might be what's holding people back. Um, there's also a safety uh, consideration. I think a lot of people in the, in the area that are protesting and being part of this have nothing to do with restaurants. They, they simply want to, uh, to amplify their message. So I know there's a lot of things uh, going on right now with this, this situation, but I, I think they I'll might definitely be af- shut them down. I think they might be uh, afraid of, of violence. And I guess there's uh, stuff there, chairs or whatever that can be used. Uh, you know, the cops look patient. They have said they should have taken more action yesterday. I mean, do you think it sends a message that you can kind of get away with this or at least get uh, get a, a year's worth of publicity from it? Yeah, I hope that's not the message that's coming through. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want to question how the police do their business. I know it's it's a very dangerous thing that they, they're facing. But that's what our concern is, that people will, will say, well, then why, why not me? Why can't I... Um, open and and just pay the fine why can't i get free publicity and uh you know if nothing else <laughs> this is some someone many people had never heard of and now that's it's, it's uh, very much on the news every day so hopefully other people don't see this as a template for moving forward uh um i think our industry is very responsible and i don't think it will be a become a widespread thing but very much it, it could be something other businesses take uh uh, decide to do as well. I mean, one of the things that they are saying is, hey, big box stores that sell a bit of food are open. I, I don't even see any equivalency between a restaurant dining in and a big box store. Um, yeah, I don't, the, you know, that. That's a retail argument that people are making. Um, I do believe that restaurants can safely operate, but, uh, the powers that be have decided that that's not the way they want to go. They want to try and keep people home as much as possible. Um, we can disagree with that all we want, but that's the issue. That's uh, that's the decision that was made, and um, we have to respect that. Okay, let's uh, take a quick call from Eileen in Brampton. Hello, Eileen. Hello. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Personally, I think that this particular restaurant should just lose their license permanently and not get one back. Hey, he doesn't have a license. <laughs> oh, he doesn't. Oh, well, then I just want to say to our mayor or whoever may be hearing this, that some more checks need to be done on the places where we're actually getting our food. Um, on the 13th, my daughter and I went to pick up some food from a Mexican restaurant on Queen Street here in Brampton. And um, I, there are a number of them, and I feel almost like I should say which number on Queen Street it is, 
because it's unfair to all of them. Uh, I don't know if that's permitted or not. Maybe leave that. Okay. But the thing is, when we went to pick it up, I'm sitting in the car and I'm seeing the person that's serving out the, not serving out the food, but packaging the food. Uh, Their masks are under their chin, both of them. So I motioned to my daughter and she comes out and she says, what do we do? I said, we're not taking that food. So when she went in, she um, she says, you're not wearing your mask. He looked at her like there was something the matter with her and says, but we have the um, the plexi shield. That's for you, sir, and, and us to a degree, but not really because you're supposed to be free of any problems if you're on the other side of that handling food whatsoever. However, it amazed me at how many other people went in and came out and didn't so much as notice that these people had their masks under their chins. I'm wondering if there's much checks being done on these places. Is anybody going out at all and seeing if they're complying with the regulations? Well, that's a very good question you ask. And and I I want to tell a a little story um, that uh, quite a while back, it was at the end of the first uh, lockdown, I, I was shopping at a local butcher store. And it was the same thing. I came in and, and it, it was run by an older guy and his daughter works with him. His daughter wore a mask. He did not and said, Oh, uh, it's the plexiglass. And yeah. I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to shop somewhere else. Oh, yeah. And a few days later, I saw the whole place shut down because of a case of COVID. That you was see. quite a while ago. I, I went back. It's now a matter of months later and the guy is wearing a mask. But so. the fact is, they're wondering why it's so high in the region of Peel, and it's seriously, we are all taking food from places, and are they really doing checks on these places, not letting them know they're coming? They I, should show up on a Friday evening, let's say, between 6 and 8, and see exactly how these places are working. Well, you know what? Uh, we were talking to the mayor of Peel uh, very recently on Monday, and uh, with Peel, the bottom line is they work in settings like food processing, transportation, the, the, a lot of essential workers who live close together. So I don't think you can pin it on takeout, but Eileen, no, thanks for your call. I tried to get through when the mayor was on to say, what are you doing to check this? It's a big city, yes, but there's a lot of things that can be done. Okay, well, you know what? We'll ask him the next time we talk to him, and thanks for your call. Thank you very much. Sorry, can okay. I address that, uh, Libby? Yes? Um, yeah, just, it is unfortunate we do hear stories like that. Uh, the, the good thing is we're, we're not seeing spread from restaurants, but also on the enforcement, restaurants are... are of any other industry, we're the most highly uh, um, inspected. We, the TSSA inspectors are in, are now doing inspections. You have your health inspectors, AGCO inspectors, um, Ministry of Labor inspectors. So our industry is highly uh, regulated. It is unfortunate when you hear stories like that, and occasionally you will. Some people just don't understand the regulations. But um, uh, I think everybody can be feel uh, assured that our industry is quite uh, heavily inspected. And the inspections are ongoing. I'm, I know. remember hearing during the pandemic that that uh, nursing homes were being inspected by phone. Are they yeah, in-person well, inspections now going on they as are. usual? There's, there's, there's uh, many different uh, levels of inspection. Like I said, even TSSA agents that usually just do... Uh, um, 
technical inspections. They're doing uh, health inspections. There's the regular health inspectors, AGCO inspectors, um, Ministry of Labor hired a whole lot of new inspectors that a lot of them are dedicated to our industry. So it is it is happening. Um, I'm not saying that there's never anyone that's, that won't, uh, you know, misunderstands regulations or whatever, but we're definitely being inspected quite a, quite a bit. Okay. Well, James Rylett, thank you very much for that, and uh, all the best to you and all the restaurants that are obeying the rules and trying to make a go of it in these very, very difficult times. Thank you. Thank you, Libby. Okay. Speaking of food, how's this for a turn? Have you put on weight lately? Tell the truth. Have you heard the phrase quarantine 15? It refers to the weight gain many Canadians have experienced during lockdown. According to a survey by Leger and the Association of Canadian Studies, a third of respondents said they've packed on the pound since March. It also found that people who are very afraid of COVID-19 are more likely to report eating more exercising less, and gaining the weight. So let me give the numbers. Uh, I'd like to hear your experience. Or are you staying the same? There are actually some people who've lost weight. So um, let me know how you're dealing with it, how you're dealing with being stuck at home more. Uh, are you cooking more? That could be healthier. Are you uh, resorting to a lot of so-called comfort food? Mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let us bring in Rose Reisman, who's a nutritionist, author, and owner of Rose Reisman Catering, and Dr. Sean Wharton, the medical director of the Wharton Medical Clinic in Burlington, Ontario. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Libby. Hi. Nice. Hello. Hi, Hello. You? So, uh, you know, um, Dr. Wharton, have you seen this or heard about this from your clients? People, uh, you know, simple, eating more, exercising less, gaining weight. Right. Well, that's a good question. So I hear this all the time. I didn't just hear it during COVID. I hear it during any time there are stressors. Anyone that has a particular stress and emotional factor in their life is at risk for the behaviors that they don't want to actually do. So we know that, that this is actually a, a real thing for people who struggle with, with, with elevated weight. And so it's, so this kind of, this, um, observation makes, makes sense. The study doesn't make any sense. It's a very bad study. It's not real research. It's not properly documented. It doesn't really tell us whether actual weight has actually gone up. But the concepts that um, that stress and emotions can drive behaviors that somebody's trying to um, to make better is certainly is certainly real. Uh, Rose, what have yeah. you found with your clients? Um, absolutely. I think people are, are emailing me all the time to just say, you know, I know what to do, but I can't do it while I'm stuck at home. And I think part of it is, you know, I, I recommend, and even myself, the first month, I was baking more and I was, you know, nibbling more and I put on a few pounds. And then I said, get back to your routine. So for me, it's like whatever you did in your routine before COVID, try to get back to that and have a very structured Day. So in other words, I, I think get out of your pajamas like everybody wears a pajama bottoms on Zoom. Get out of it and 
just imagine you're back in your office, set up how you would normally eat your breakfast, your lunch, bring your snacks along. Um, and, and, you know, exercise is a crucial part. And as the winter comes on, it's harder for people, no question. But even if you can just walk a short distance, do something online, virtual classes are great. So it's a bit of motivation, a little bit of a, you know, kick in your own derriere to just say, listen, this might go on for a few more months and we know it will. We're not getting out there so quickly. Spring is a long way off. We just can't let this happen. And as we all know, and, and doctor, you know as well, that we don't want any um, other illnesses to affect us during this time. Rose, you know, you brought up a good point because I thought one of the things that I think is probably a bigger driver of this than most people imagine is this sweatpants thing. Yeah. And, and I uh, follow fashion a bit and and it's all about these quote elevated sweatpants. They're made in nice materials, but if you're going to uh. be spending your whole day in something with a drawstring or an elastic waist, you aren't even going to know. Nope. <laughs> that on, that no. your clothes are too small for you and uh you know when it, it even if you put them on once a week i mean yep. if if you notice something is a little tight and you have to cut back for a day or two that's one thing but if suddenly it's it's out of control right and and that's what i find so every morning i just say okay i'm going to do my workout I'm going to shower, I'm going to get dressed and put my makeup on. And even though I've got a mask on and nobody can see me (laughs) if I go out, it mentally makes me feel that this is at least some part of normalcy that I need. And that then kicks me into saying, okay, I've got to do this every day and I won't let up a day, maybe the weekend, that's it. And that has helped me through this process. You know, uh, you're probably pretty disciplined. I want to give the numbers out again. I really would like to hear from people about what they're doing, um, whether they've put on weight. Uh, what are you cooking? I mean, people are at home and cooking more. And we saw in the first part of the lockdown, there was this bread baking craze. Oh, yeah. So I think that's over with now. Yeah. And uh, what about Comfort food, comfort food, fattening comfort food. Are you eating more of that now than you did before? I'm talking about mashed potatoes, mac and cheese. Um, you know, roast chicken is is a comfort food. That's not a bad one. Uh, yeah. And so, um, so what we have seen is that there is um, there can be more of that whenever people are stressed, when people are home more. Um, but what's been interesting in this is that. Is that this? There may be a little bit of a twist here. The resilience of the of Canadians to actually potentially do better during this lockdown. That many of the gyms went to online and virtual. Many people are at home, not eating out at restaurants or cooking their own foods. They're thinking about their own health, maybe even more so because they are stuck at home and thinking, "My goodness, my weight." may go up and my health may end up getting worse and I may not have as easy access to a doctor. So what we're seeing in the hospital setting is that we're getting less visits in the emergency department for things that we would normally see very frequently. People are at home trying to manage themselves even better. It's been this this resilience of Canadians to to decrease the obesogenic environment that they previously had and possibly do a little bit better. That's that's the twist that we're also seeing in this entire picture. And and for people who've been saying, you know, I'm going to work out when I have time, they have time now. Right. I, I want to ask about one other thing, because um, <clears throat> if I overeat, 
the trigger is not usually stress. It is boredom. Yeah. And mindless eating, Libby, too. Um, Dr. Ward, how much does boredom, and and I have to be on, I love to cook. uh, And, you know, there are some days when I'm not working where... All, you know, all that's happening in the day, aside from reading or whatever, is is what am I going to cook and what are we going to eat and all of that? Yeah, yeah. So I think that that is a major factor. And of course, I think that we were seeing it more so potentially in the people who a little bit of weight gain wouldn't, uh, would, isn't going to cause a major problem. So, um, so we, we have to look at which parts of society were most affected by this idea of boredom because they were previously very active at work and doing a number of things. And now they have some boredom at home and they maybe put on a pound or two or, or did some, or did some exercise extra cooking or some extra extra eating. And then we have the the number of the population where boredom was a factor for their weight change in the first place. They always knew about it. So they concentrated specifically on what other things can I do? I know that boredom causes a problem at, at nine o'clock at night where my brain switches into what can I grab and find and eat. Let's look at at behavioral changes that 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 we can actually make. So it's been it's been interesting to try to figure out who was affected negatively by the boredom and who was affected positively by having more more time. And the the other thing that I notice, um, I I like to watch some of the cooking shows that I watch a cooking show and suddenly I decide I'm hungry. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Uh, absolutely. And 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 you know, I mean, remember, I still think the winter is going to be hardest on us. It always is. I mean, I know how often once April hits, people are, are, you know, screaming for healthier recipes. And the fact now is that you can cook relatively healthy in your home. And the key is just make it simple. I think that people are already stressed. They don't want to think at 6 o'clock, oh, I haven't got this. i got to go to the supermarket, which scares people. So my advice always for healthy cooking is keep some inexpensive shelf uh, foods like cans of beans and ancient grains. You can keep that all in your pantry. So you have something to cook. You can keep proteins in the freezer. And, um, you know, we are picking up dinner at times, and I think you want to do that occasionally, but I wouldn't make a daily practice of it because it, it is food that's usually cooked with higher fat and sodium. Okay. Uh, let's take a call from Norman Cambridge. Hi, Norm. Hello, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Tell us your story. So you and your <laughs> wife had COVID. Yes, we just got through it. Uh, we were with uh, uh, a couple weeks uh, quarantine, and Ontario Health would call us daily to see how we were doing. And uh, for us, uh, I think we're in fairly good health. I mean, yes, we're seniors, but uh, we found it uh, to be similar to a, a form of the flu, of course. And we were tired and uh, sore muscles, and we both had similar uh, stories on it where uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't have a problem with tasting food. We could taste our food, and in fact, uh, that's the conversation we're having, that uh, we didn't get affected that way. So we found it was, to us, more of a mild form of the flu, but of course there's more serious uh, situations than us, but uh, that's what we went through, and and it took uh, it went through us in about five or six days. We were a little bit down, or you know, felt tired. So, so what have you been? 
What have you been eating? Oh, <laughs> we've been eating uh, more. I think we've been uh, eating more. Uh, and in fact, I've been doing some of the cooking and we just uh, seem to be have bigger, bigger meals. And, and uh, so that's the way we've been, uh, we've been settling in. But uh, yes, you spend more time together and you're looking for things to do. So certainly you need to have some form of hobbies or exercise. My wife, uh, she's on Zoom doing her exercises daily. She loves her uh, that's great. Zumba. So uh, anyway, that's where we we. But got what have you it. been cooking? Healthy stuff or or not so healthy stuff? Uh, not so much healthy stuff. We're you know we're meat, meat and potatoes type people, and uh, more more so with myself. My wife will get uh, a little more into her uh, diet uh, meals and that, but. We both said we're we're eating more, and in fact, we just talked to each other. We gained weight. We don't uh, look at the scales, but I think we have uh, gained some weight over it. So I guess the key is uh, exercising and and, uh, and keeping to your hobbies and what you need to do on a daily basis. Okay, and I, I'm glad to hear that uh, you weren't too hard hit with the COVID and you're over it. That's very good to hear. Okay, thank you, Libby. Have a nice day. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, you're right that the other side of it is is uh, cooking at home and uh, uh, the exercising over Zoom. And, you know, part of the problem is that for some people, uh, when they go and do it in person with other people, it's it, it's part of their motivation and it, it's part of a community. But, uh, you know, you just have to get past that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that what's amazing about this poll and this survey was that the number of people who said that they neither gained or lost weight stayed stable. 56% of men, 46% of 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 the the female pop, pop population saying they stayed the same during a time like COVID and you were able to keep your weight stable. That's Amazing! That's yeah. that's incredible, and and the number of people losing weight during 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 COVID. And so you you put the people staying the same and the people losing weight, they are outnumbering the people the people gaining weight. Again, I think people really decided that this COVID is not going to destroy me in a complete sense. I I am a resilient Canadian, and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to try to. To at least take care of myself during this, that when we get out of this, I'm I'm the same person or an even better person. So um, uh, I think we have a lot to celebrate here, and not just to look at the actual um, the small negative components of the of of the survey, which are reductionist type of theories. It's things that we think should happen or we'd like a big story on, but the real big story is that Canadians are doing really well. Yeah, I'm I'm I would be inclined to believe that a lot of people are are gaining weight. Yeah, uh, from what I see from yeah, I mean I I think it's uh, look at I think it's a very positive attitude but I think um we're getting tired of this and I know fatigue, anxiety does cause people to eat more and I know during the winter people eat more for sure. Um, yeah. You know, some of the things that I advise to some of my clients is, you know, even when you're, you know, you're eating healthy food. So a lot of people will email me and say, you know, but I'm eating nuts. I'm eating avocados, dried fruit, healthy fats. Uh, uh, you know, times a calorie is still a calorie. So you want to be careful of what you're consuming. Too many nuts in a day that even though you're, you're you know, you're, 
your heart might be good, your hips may not be so good. So I think there's still common practices when we're at home to just be aware of and even watch the caffeine. I mean, caffeine increases anxiety and anxiety at times leads you to more eating. So th- these are some of the little tips I give give my clients at times. And, you know, you can also have a change and order a meal kit if you'd like. Virtual cooking classes are online now, which just get you busier and, you know, cooking healthier. So, well, yeah. one of the things... And, and we- Rose, these are really terrific ideas, and I, I think that, that they're going to help us not just during the COVID times, but I think these are things yeah. that help people in general, and we're more so maybe bringing them out during COVID, mm-hmm. but, um, but I think they will help people in general. And the idea of whether we, the, the society has gained more weight or not is actually, we don't know, because the study right. didn't, didn't actually weigh anybody. It didn't look at weight. Weight is, right. a, is, an, is an actual objective measurement. This is not a, a research study. This was a survey of 1,500 people over a five-day time frame. It doesn't, doesn't really, it's not actual, real, proper data and actual research. So there are research studies going on to look at what's happened during COVID, objective measurements um, with real research ethics. Um, and uh, we're doing one of those studies. There's a big University of Toronto study that is being done, and Stephen Glazier and Michael Vallis, a psychologist, is actually leading that. That's going to give us real data. Oh, when do but, we hear? Um, when when do we hear about it? Oh, so um, so so that 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 research has has been completed in terms of the number of of, of patients, but the analysis has not been completed as yet. So I'm thinking within uh, by that by January, the middle of, of 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 January, we should have we should have the results of that Canadian based study to find out what's what's really happening um, because it's complex. It's not as simple as we would like to make it. The complexity of weight change has to do with a myriad of things. And, and, um, and I don't know that I, it may all wash out uh, that, that it, it's so complex that everything is relatively stable. But these ideas of, of that there's a significant amount of weight gain has not been borne out in any of the actual research studies. If we're talking about the fact that stress causes eating um, behaviors and, and, and the challenging behaviors, that's true. But that doesn't necessarily mean that all of Canada is significantly elevated in weight and there's an impairment within, within, within health. That's a misnomer. That's a reductionist theory that has not been proven. Okay. Well, um, a couple of things that I just want to touch on before we wrap here. So first, uh, we haven't talked about people drinking more. That causes weight gain and it also right. uh, loosens your inhibitions when it comes to eating more. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. If you keep uh, the vino under control, your weight will probably be under control. And Libby, if you see the lineups around the LCBO, that's <laughs> <laughs> <frightening> too. <laughs> yes, that is true. So we know that when you do drink, what you do is you're dulling your cognitive lobe and that, that executive functioning part of your brain is a part of the brain that stops you from doing the hedonistic types of things, which is overeating. So people call alcohol an aperitif. It's not, it doesn't waken up the appetite. It dulls the executive lobe to allow the hedonistic part of the brain to get activated and food ends up coming. So we know that, that excess alcohol can cause a problem. So calming down on that if you're prone to overeating would be an important thing. 
Okay, and now now I'm going to indulge in in, in a small bit of a self promotion here. So uh, I have an Instagram account, Libby's Nimer, and I used to use it to showcase my guests that would be with me in studio. And of course, nobody is with me in studio, so I started to Instagram all the stuff that I cook. Um, where you can get some ideas. And, and the other thing that I do that I think I, Rose, you probably agree it's a good idea. So for instance, I repurpose things. So last week on a Saturday night, I baked some squash and a few days later it was with, uh, I put it in a, a special squash salad that also had some farro, which is yeah, a grain. Absolutely. And I made the farro and put it in a soup and then it was in a salad. And, and I think that there was even a third thing and, and, um, you can, you can do that. You can make a pile of something and Absolutely. turn it into different things. Yeah. Like that's, that's why if, you know, even if you want to pick up a ready made roasted chicken or make one for yourself, I mean, you can do, you can have dinner one night, you can have a chicken salad the next day, throw it into a soup the next day. So I, I always do that. And I think that's another thing for people to keep in mind. And it's not eating the same meals. So you don't want to eat the same leftover day after day, but you can repurpose. So I think that's a great idea for people. Okay, so Sean, I... More creative. Uh, yep. Sean, last 20 seconds to you. Oh, terrific. Um, so overall, I could say that I'm proud of Canadians that they've done a relatively good job of thinking about this and working hard. I think that we can continue to work harder. I'm going to motivate people to do the Zoom classes and the online classes to think about eating at home and eating healthy and eating Rose Reisman's foods, which are really healthy, and just being as positive as as they can during this challenging time. Okay. Thank you. Also, just to let people know, I do have a virtual cooking school online. And it's really inexpensive, so people can just come on and for 20 minutes watch, and then I'll answer some questions for them. So there's ways if you Google and find out. Okay, there sure are. Thank you so much, Rose Reisman. Doctor, a pleasure. And Dr. Sean Wharton. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.